Welcome to Film Schools, what we learn when cinema goes to school, a special Tess Colton series for the summer. In each episode, we speak to a teacher about a film or a series of films that memorably features a school. We look at what it gets right about school, what it gets wrong about school, and if there might even be some ideas real-life teachers can apply in their own classrooms. I'm Tess Scotland editor Henry Hepburn, and my guest today is Alan Gillespie, a principal teacher of English who works at a school in Scotland, and, I should also say, a published novelist as of last year. Alan, you want to tell us all about 2003's School of Rock. For the presumably fairly small number of listeners who haven't seen it, how would you sum up its premise? Yeah, uh, the School of Rock is about a musician called Dewey Finn who uh, kind of finagles his way into a supply teaching job at an exclusive private school somewhere in America and um, kind of quite quickly dingies the curriculum in favour of a band project essentially to enter his new band, which is all school pupils, into a Battle of the Bands competition. And of course, we should say at this point that he's not a qualified teacher at all. He 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 gets this post by whipping the job away from uh, his flatmate, who is a teacher. Um, the school he he finds himself working at is Horace Green Prep School. How would you describe it? It looks lovely. It looks really <laughs> nice, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it seems a uh, very aspirational. At one point, the one of the pupils mentions, I think, $15,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And this is about 20, about 20 years ago, of course, so it's probably yeah, gone yeah. up quite a bit since then. Exactly, yeah. So it seems very high achieving, very um, well equipped. And uh, the principal, Miss um, uh, Mullins, actually comes across uh, really, I think she comes across really well in the film. She came, comes across as being very diligent, mm-hmm. very hardworking, a little bit kind of neurotic, mm-hmm. but um, maybe you have to be, to be in that kind of position mm-hmm. in that kind of school. Oh, your school's the best. You're just saying that. I'm not. Do you know that kids at other schools just have fun all the time? They're running around. There's no discipline. And in a nutshell, why does this film matter to you? Why does it resonate with you? Did you see it when it came out or did you catch up with it a few years later? Uh, Yeah, I saw this film in the cinema when it came out. So I guess I was 18. I was a student. I remember I went to see it at um, the cinema in Stirling where I was... uh, studying at the university there and I went with my my friend Matthew who was kind of playing in bands and stuff and he was a really good singer and um, we just loved it. I don't know if we'd had a couple of beers before we went in or something but the film just really hit the sweet spot for us and it, it kind of spawned years worth of, of doing impressions and mimicking the bits and mimicking the, the little bits of sing song that he does um, and it just became part of our kind of frame of reference Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just such good fun you can't win yeah you can try but in the end you're just gonna lose big time because the world is run by the man who the man oh you don't know the man and at that point did you have any aspirations to be a teacher yourself no not at all i was just doing a kind of um english literature degree i didn't have any uh, forward plans in terms of teaching i didn't have any forward plans at all um so uh, yeah i watched it from a completely um non-educational kind of uh, background and yeah it just it definitely became something when i when i did start thinking about teaching and started even doing teacher training um you know it sounded a bit silly but mm-hmm. mr schneebly definitely was at the back of my mind as in terms of being a good role model 
in some ways. Yeah, Mr. Schneebly, we should say, is, is the name of the flatmate and uh, becomes Dewey's alter ego uh, over the course of the film. Um, so you've, I know you've rewatched it in the past few days uh, and you are now a teacher of uh, a number of years of experience. Um, what do you think it gets right about teaching? Um, it gets a lot right about teaching, actually, which might be counterintuitive given that uh, he essentially uh, manipulates his way dishonestly into this position. But what I really love about the, the film and the portrayal of the teacher is the rapport and the relationships that he builds up very quickly with his students. Um, there's a, a kind of natural warmth Mm-hmm. There he has classroom presence, you know, coming out of his ears. He kind of dances around the room. He uses his voice really cleverly. Mm-hmm. He um he very quickly picks up on this, the insecurities or the the different characteristics that the children have, and he's able to use them really to to create some good learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, he kind of does it by a, by a fluke, I would say, or by <laughs> some kind of osmosis. It's not it's not anything that is planned or uh, anything that he does with any kind of academic um, information behind them. But that's what comes across as a really warm classroom environment, a really kind of stimulating interaction with the kids. And you know, I think teachers can definitely learn from that. Excuse me. Hey, hey, ho, ha! What is that? What's what? What are you playing? Just something I wrote. You wrote a song? Well, let's hear it. Nah, it's not that good. Come on, I want to hear it, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, I, I watched it again just last night, and uh, what surprised me was the, the emotional intelligence, I guess you could call it, that he displays, which I probably maybe hadn't recalled um, from having last watched it quite a while ago. Anyway, so you remember the, 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 this performance of this sort of brash, often quite self-obsessed character, but actually he's really tuned into when the pupils are having a crisis of confidence. He really picks up on the signals and knows how to, you know, help them through that. Um, Another thing that struck me was uh, when he when he first appears in the classroom is, is his preconceptions about what a teacher should look at and uh, a convincing impression of a teacher should, should be like. So he has the the bow tie, he has a scarf, he has a side parting, he has a paisley shirt, he sort of points his chin upwards, he, he adopts what he imagines might be some sort of a teacher stance, almost like a politician's power stance. How did you present in your first day as a fully fledged teacher? Was it anything like this at all? <laughs> um, probably very similar. Um, yeah, he definitely has. You know, I remember when I was training uh, to be a teacher, there was uh, our uh, lecturer Hugh Gallagher, who was a wonderful um, tutor and mentor. He explained that uh, for new teachers, especially, you had to kind of decide what your classroom persona was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it should be kind of based on your own personality. For example, if you um, are quite a serious person, then your classroom persona ought to be kind of serious. You shouldn't be trying to make jokes if that doesn't come naturally mm-hmm. to you. Um, and Hugh used to always kind of talk about, about the classrooms being a little bit like a stage and uh, about the, the performance of teaching. I'm a teacher. All I need are minds for molding. All right, then. Well, thanks again. You saved the day. You know, that way you have to try and convince the pupils um, 
that you know what you're talking about and that you are worthy of listening to and that and that your your pedagogies and your principles and your ideas are um are, are kind of worth their time so i think what uh, uh, jack black does at the beginning is probably what a lot of student teachers or, or uh, probationer teachers might do um you know i was uh, I, I would always wear a, a suit um a really cheap suit probably from <laughs> um from a, a charity shop or pre-mark or something like that you know a cheap suit but you know tied done up and and hair combed and i had a, a kind of little man bag that i was carrying about with me as well so yeah my um my early days teaching i was definitely trying to project an image of someone who was probably more mature than i was at the time and someone who had their act together a, a lot more than i uh, actually did and, and that was part of the part of the projection part of the theater of teaching it's some really interesting points you make there because uh, Dewey, he quickly gets over this this uh, need to sort of pretend to be a certain type of teacher. And as you say, his authentic self comes through very quickly. And that's very much contrasted with Miss Mullins, the head teacher you mentioned earlier, who's the only other teacher you see for any length of time in the, in the film, who's quite scared to be her authentic self, who clearly when she was younger was a bit of a free spirit, but is now very stiff. Um, there's a there's a funny scene when she tries to give a teacher a hug, uh, sorry, a pupil a hug, and the pupil runs away terrified because she's such a she finds her such a scary <laughs> presence. And then there's an actual quote from her, I think, uh, where she says, "You can't be fun and be the principal of a prep school." Um, <laughs> so she's not quite got the message about authenticity. I don't think in the same way as Dewey very quickly gets that message. Um, what's quite interesting as well is what Dewey doesn't like about the school. So he initially finds it quite an oppressive regimented place. Maybe it's a bit of an exam factory and he, he rips, there's a, there's a poster with the gold stars and the demerits for the class, which he, which he rips off the wall and he says, what kind of a sick school is this? What kind of a sick school is this? Hmm? As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars, or demerits. We're gonna have recess all the time. So did you have, did that resonate at all? Was that, could you sympathize with him there? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, especially when you went to a new school and there are there are policies and systems in place that you kind of have to follow. Um, and I suppose if, if you're there on a genuine teaching assignment and you want to make a career there, then the, the best advice would be to fall in line and, you know, maybe try and, uh, try and inspire some change from within once you are established there rather than going in and, and ripping up the you know everything on the wall as he does but yeah I guess um, he 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 would kind of advocate for a much more free-range style of teaching mm -hmm. um, which may very well work in a, a nice pleasant small class environment like Horace Green but I, I suspect would not cut the mustard in an inner city you know New York school. Mm -hmm. Are you going to teach us anything, or are we just going to sit here? Just do whatever you want. So what, what would you say it gets wrong about teaching? <laughs> well, I think the school's administrative uh, human resource department need to have a good hard look at themselves um, just in terms of, uh, you know, doing due diligence on a new staff member coming mm -hmm. in. Uh, he seems it seems to be anyway that he is able to swan in the door based on having a phone conversation and, and putting on a voice to say <laughs> this is Mr. Schneebly um, 
and that's it. He seems he, he must just turn up at the door, announce himself, be shown to the classroom without handing over any identification, mm-hmm. without providing any uh, you know disclosure, or whatever the whatever the alternative would be in America. Uh, there's no disclosure done. There's no uh, teaching council certification. Um, no references. Uh, yeah, so that that part would absolutely be uh, front and centre, I think, of the inspector's um, uh, list of things to work on for Horace Green. Yeah, similar to that. I Obviously, the climactic scene is when the, uh, the, the well, maybe to rewind a little bit, you, you, the, the film, uh, I think, is uh, probably stretching reality the most when it suggests that you can get parents on side with your un- unconventional methods very easily. So when you th- when you break it down, he fakes his identity, he ignores the entire prescribed curriculum that the families have signed up to at this expensive prep school. He then kidnaps the class, uh, and but then because they do a nice turn at a Battle of the Bands concert, that just outweighs all the stuff that happened before. I'm not sure that would quite be how it plays out in real life. <laughs> yeah, and any, any teacher who's ever organized uh, a school trip um, I mean, the amount of paperwork that you need to file in advance, yeah. you know, the risk assessments, the consent forms, the, the financial um, kind of overview, and that usually is going to be signed off by the head teacher, by your line manager, by someone in the office, by, um, you know, it just doesn't work like that. You just yeah. can't take kids out of school in a van without any seatbelts. I don't know yeah, if you noticed yeah, that. Yeah, just absolutely. Kind of knocking about in the back without any seatbelts on. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, it's the, and it's the whim of the head teacher five minutes before the bus is about to to leave that decides whether they're going to go on this trip or not. Okay, we're all here for the field trip. Where's Mr. Snape? He didn't tell you. He's at his house. We need to go pick him up. Come on, let's go. Hurry. Way. That is so punk rock. Another point I I noted down was. Clearly, this is a school where perhaps this is more the, the parents' attitudes than the staff's, but the arts are a bit sidelined and devalued and not seen as, you know, the true purpose of school, the true purpose of education. They're, and they're, they're more of a nice extra that can be sidelined if necessary. Um, how do you think that tallies with a real-life school in your experience? I mean, it seems to me that the, the arts very much are valued, although when it comes down to if there are budget cuts to be made, then sometimes they still are pretty vulnerable. But how do you see it? Um, yeah, no, you're right. There is, there's a scene where um, the, the guitar player is starting to experiment with the electric guitar and playing rock and roll, and his dad kind of gives him a telling off mm-hmm. in the car park that he's not allowed to play his guitar until he's you know done his chores and done his homework and done his uh, science books and all that kind of thing. Um, that actually inspires a really nice scene in the film where uh, Dewey Finn encourages the class to write a song together and uh, eventually he kind of manages to get the, the boy who's been kind of picked on by his dad to come out with this step off line, which is how he would react to a bully and, and they play the song together. And, and that's a really nice moment. And I think that, again, uh, showcases his kind of natural empathy and um, sensitivity. So what would you say to a bully, Zach? I don't know. No, come on. If someone was right up in your grill, what would you say? I don't know. If someone was pushing you around, telling you what to do, what would you say? Step off. But yeah, the the arts in the school, um, it's hard to tell because um, Dewey just narrows the curriculum 
instantly. You know, there's no numeracy, there's no literacy. Um, it just becomes this project-based um, rock band kind of uh, series of lessons that he delivers, which, to be fair to him, if, if he put a bit of forethought into it and had gone through the E's and O's, I dare say he would have been able to pull out an, an awful lot of literacy, numeracy, health and well-being <laughs> and cross-curricular um, strands from that because he's got kids working as the security, he's got kids working on the um, on the kind of um, outfits and the set design, uh, he's got kids selling merchandise, you know, so there absolutely would be um, maybe in a slightly more structured and uh, planned out approach, there absolutely would be an opportunity to use the rock band mm -hmm. as a, a solid interdisciplinary project. Mm -hmm. And just for any, any listeners not based in Scotland, these and those are the experiences and outcomes that guide what goes on in, in Scottish schools. Now listen, you guys, you know what? Normal kids would have been stoked to slack off, but not you guys, because you're not normal. You're special. And because I think you guys have the right attitude, I think it's time we started our new class project. A science project? No, it's called Rock Band. Imagine you're maybe speaking to a, a room full of student teachers or newly qualified teachers and you've decided you're going to use School of Rock as a bit of a, you know, uh, as part of what you're, you're talking to them about. What's, what's the best teaching tip you could isolate in the film? What, would you, what clip would you maybe show to, as a, as a good or a bad example of something you might do with a class and that, that, that they might be able to learn from? Uh, well, there's a few bad examples of him uh, manhandling children in various <laughs> forms. There were a few hugs and high fives, which I suppose maybe we can um, uh, accept in context. But there is one scene where the uh, the kind of um, the, the kind of class geek, if you think, mm. is reading out the register, and, and he just kind of gets bored of it and comes up behind him and shoves her and says, right, "That's enough of that. Got on with it." Um, so yeah, he, de he definitely has to have a look at his boundaries, you know, in terms of mm. um, uh, physical um, interaction with the kids. Mm. There's a really nice scene somewhere in the middle, towards the end, when uh, you know the idea is, I guess, that the children are really on board with the rock band project and. And he seems to have really settled into his role and they, they play a kind of montage. Um, and we see him giving a kind of chalk and talk lecture on the history of rock theory. We see the children looking at uh, multimedia kind of, uh, it's almost like slides on like an OHP or something like that of uh, different bands and different musicians. We see uh, the boy who's the drummer in the classroom on his own so he must be offering kind of support study time I suppose and he's watching video uh, clips of different drummers playing so you know what what you would maybe say if you were if you were uh, mentoring a student teacher is that he does show progression from going in at the start and saying we're not going to do anything I've got a hangover who's got a sandwich for me <laughs> to to this stage where he clearly is planning lessons creating resources and uh, and putting in place things like supported study to to allow the kids to kind of have that little bit of agency. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have student teachers in at school and placement, all you're really looking for is uh, to begin with. Anyway, all you're looking for is progress and development that they can identify something to work on, and then you know achieve that, and then identify something else to work on and put together those building blocks of teaching. And I think. Um, again, kind of accidentally, uh, Dewey ends up doing that. 
And 54 is a 45 more than what is the answer, Marta? Nine. No, it's eight. And if you can imagine the, the staff at Horace Green Prep School, they're just coming back after their summer break. They've got a, an in-service or an in-site day or two. What CPD are they in desperate need of or what, what would you plan for them? <laughs> um, I would certainly be uh, looking at our safeguarding um, <laughs> safeguarding policies relating to uh, staff recruitment and retention, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and could you see yourself working here? Is it the sort of place you'd like to work in? Uh, Horace Green. Um, yeah, I'd love to work there. Yeah, I mean, it seems very, uh, as I said, it seems very well equipped. Uh, the kids seem keen to learn. There don't seem to be very many behavioural problems at the school. Miss um, Mullins, as your head teacher, you know, I could definitely work with her. Mm. All you have to do is take her out for a beer and put the jukebox <laughs> on. <laughs> you can get whatever you want. Uh, so, yeah, I, can, I, would, I would settle in more than happily, I would say. <laughs> Brilliant. And any final thoughts to School of Rock? Um, uh, I just, I would, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's a good mm. summer holiday watch, whether you've got young children at home or not um it's great fun jack black's just tremendous in it the music's the music's yeah. really really good and actually i think that that climactic scene that you kind of alluded to earlier where the kids perform on stage uh it, it, it's fabulous you know it's got this real sense of euphoria mm. um the parents all get to see their kids performing the head teacher is there she has that great line at the end for where she's so pleased and she says oh my goodness that was amazing was it really you and he kind of says i thought you'd be mad <laughs> i'm furious but it was so good um and i think that that scene does capture what teaching can be like especially mm -hmm. if you do something like a, a show or a play or or even a school trip um or even even just a big a big project in class that ends with with some kind of um uh, kind of celebration really uh, some kind of speeches or any kind of performance related work in school does does give me anyway as a teacher that sense of there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of kind of triumph in there because you're so happy that your hard work has has kind of seen fruition there's an unbelievable amount of pride that you feel when you see your kids um achieving and uh, and following through a project that you planned and and that kind of yeah that sense of euphoria that's captured at the end of the film i think really does ring true for teachers and i think a lot of a lot of teachers would recognize that yeah it's, it's, it's actually when you think about it in the round a really nice portrayal of the power of teaching when you think about this character at the start it just dupes his way into the job as a means to an end to pay the rent and by the end has fallen in love with teaching and it really shows the power that a, a great teacher can have and i hope that the relevant authorities can see fit that they can ultimately see past his transgressions and uh, allow him to further and continue his career in the classroom. <laughs> so thanks very much, Alan. That was great fun. Um, I really appreciate it. Cheers very much, Henry. Thank you. Today's episode of the Tez Scotland podcast was written and hosted by Henry Hepburn. If you enjoyed the episode, there's more Tez coverage available on our website. And for a limited time only, you can get three months access to our new digital magazine for just £3. That will get you anytime, anywhere access to read all of the latest education news, research and analysis. As much as you want, all in one place.
head over to tez.com forward slash store forward slash tez dash discount to get yours. 